Enter the mind of your favorite artists, DJs, and producers, and find out how their mindset made them who they are today. Music and Mindset with Sunil Mack. Welcome to another episode of Music and Mindset, and it is not an understatement to call today's guest a worldwide musical superstar, a legend, and an icon. He has been performing since the age of 14 years old, and has had amazing success, including crossover singles with the likes of Madonna, Craig David, Mary J. Blige, amongst others. His debut album was the first Punjabi language album to enter the UK national charts, and as someone who's absolutely changed the game and thrust the Asian culture into the national spotlight. Names don't get much bigger than today's guest. I'm super excited. It's someone whose music I grew up listening to. We're about to learn more about the man behind the music and enter the mind of the phenomenal Punjabi rock star, Juggy D, how you doing, brother? <laughs> Thank you very much, man. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that absolutely awesome intro. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, man. It's earned, I think, the impact that you have had, not just on music, on Asian culture. I really want to get into that with you because I think that's a huge part of your story. Thank you. So, of course, we have a mutual friend in Terry, and we first met on an Instagram Live we did a couple of months. I think it was a couple of months back now. Uh, where we were talking about the mental health impact of the coronavirus and how people yeah. were struggling through it. How have you found this time? It's, it's a few months on from that first conversation. How have you been? Um, I've been good, man. I've been really good. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've, um, I was able to change my mindset. Um, I started off, uh, I'm not going to lie, I started off very um, in a bit of a weird space, uh, in a bit of a weird place, a bit kind of uh, down. Um, and um, a little bit depressed, to be honest, um, because I had set out uh, a lot of plans um, that were, you know, pulled from under my feet, as, as everybody else, you know, um, that had plans and um, ha- were going to be doing certain things with their life. And, um, you know, everything came to a standstill and just went, that's not going to happen. And you were like, oh, my God what the hell I did not prepare for this because you know it was the in in your wildest dreams you wouldn't think that the world would almost come to a standstill because that's exactly what happened you know and um that was uh, never never even uh, not even a one percent chance of that uh was even in my thought process when I was making my plans and my setting my goals for the future and especially being a father of three children you know it made it uh, it had the impact that it had on on my mental um, state was was hardcore, man. It was very hard because I almost was a little bit lost. I didn't know where I was going to go and what I was going to do because, and I didn't know when things were going to, you know, like everybody else, didn't know when things were going to change or um, if I would be able to even get back on that same track and be able to do what I'd set myself out to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking in a, in a tense where people don't know what I'm relating to, but I was going to relocate my family to a different country. You know, and that's a massive, massive step, bro. Massive. Like, and I'd already found a, a place. I'd found schools for my kids um, and they were excited about it. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, literally within the space of like two weeks of, of lockdown happening, if it had happened one month later, I would have been in a new location. I would have been starting my life in a different country uh, with a different mindset. Um, and now I'm looking back at it and saying, I'm so glad that didn't happen 
because I would have been on lockdown in a different place where, where I was about to start and, and, you know, reach some new goals, but they would have not been in, in motion. So I would have been even more frustrated that I've made this move and I haven't been able to do what I wanted to do. So it was weird because I was like, now I'm looking back at it and saying, oh my God, I'm so glad that didn't happen. But at the beginning, it was like, what's going on, you know? So I was able to change my mindset as time went on and I was able to appreciate the fact that uh, I'm actually blessed for it happening when it did and I'm glad it happened the way it did and I'm now able to address that, move on and enjoy the time at home with my wife and kids and just deal with every day as it comes and, and, and control the things I can and forget about the things that I can't. And that was the key. That was the that was the. That was the game changer, man. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. I still have good days and bad days. Everybody does. We're only human. And, and for people that are listening, this is a very important thing because you can wake up one day and feel absolutely shit, okay? And it's okay to feel like that. We're human, you know? Don't feel, uh, don't feel like it's the end of the world. Don't feel like that you can't start again because the most important thing in life is that you're alive. You know, you're alive, bro. You're awake. You're woken up to start and challenge this day again and, and enjoy those little things in life that we have. If you're a father like me, you've got your kids. If you, you know, uh, if you've got work and you're going to work, you are blessed because there's people that are furloughed. You know, being in a job is a blessing. I'm sitting at home. I'm being furloughed for four months, but things have started picking up again. Um, you know, bookings have started coming in for the last three, four weeks again. So, you know, I'm taking deposits for next year and stuff. So, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, like they say, man. And it's so true. I mean, I can talk about this so, wow. for so long, no, man. Okay. Well, that's, this is why I wanted to get you in, because we, we had a quick chat on Instagram Live, and it was like, yeah. you know, Instagram Live kind of, I know you, were, you just jumped on the live there, and we didn't really mm. plan it or anything, but we could definitely talk about this. And this is why I wanted to get you on, because you're not, you're not afraid to talk about this stuff. And, you know, seen as a weakness to so many people, having bad days, depression, oh, seen as a weakness for some it's not, reason. It's, but not. it's, it's a, Depression, it's anxiety, it's a human part of life. Like yes. everybody faces something in it's, their life. It's how you address it. Exactly. Yeah. It's how you address it. Okay. And that's when it becomes a problem. If you don't address it well, then it becomes a problem and it becomes, uh, to a certain extent, it becomes the disease, okay? And what does disease, it, what is that word made up of? Two syllables, dis-ease, okay? When you're not at ease, you're going to create problems, okay? Put yourself at ease and go, right, let me take a deep breath. Let me see what I can do here. How can I change this scenario and work it in my favor, okay, and make it work for me? And what, can't, what can I not do? So the things that you can't do, forget about them because they're not in your control. So why stress about them? Don't stress about something that's not in your control. What you need to worry about is, are you doing enough about the things that are in your control? The moment you start taking control, that's when you go, okay, I'm at ease now. I'm enjoying this. I like this because I'm in control. You can yeah? impact your and own life. Absolutely, man. And it's about making yourself the person that's in control at all times, not just because of this pandemic. At all times, at every situation, at every scenario, take control. Take control because 
like they say, nothing is impossible. Nothing is unachievable. Nothing is, you know, without your reach. It's all there for your taking, man. And it's a way of you kind of how you address it, how you deal with it, how you overcome it. And anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. That's amazing words already, man. You're giving me so many sound bites already to, to cut up already here, bro. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna have a job editing this up for sure, but this is this is like gold. I'm, you I'm know telling what it you. Is? It's just just a way of putting your mind and your body in tune with each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the main thing is like going because you know, your mind could be running at hundred miles an hour because like you're going, Oh my god, what's happening here? What's happening there? What's happening there? What's happening there? And you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You know, and when you sit back and go, you know what? Okay, can't deal with that. Don't need to deal with that. Don't need to deal with that. Get out of my, get out of my head. You know, move. It's like, it's like, I'll, I'll put it into very simple terms. It's like cleaning out your cupboard. Okay. Some days you open your cupboard and it's an absolute mess and it stresses you out because you can't find your clothes. You can't find things. No word of a lie. You look at my cupboard, my cupboard is pristine. My t-shirts are all folded up and put, and it's not my wife that does it. It's me that does it, right? Uh, my shirts, my trousers, my jeans, my, even my socks, I tuck them in and I have them all in like rows and my, my underwear is folded nicely and put in rows. Mate, it's so organized because, uh, you know, it, it's like if you've got a tidy surroundings, your mind is tidy. tidy. Mind. Right, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. And, and so... It, it's little things like that, man, that trigger the bigger things because yeah. these little things stress you out sometimes, right? So you've got to start at the base, the, at the core of it. You've got to go, right, I need to clean my house out first. Clean your house out. Then you need to tidy up. You need to hoover everything. When you sit back and you sit in a clean house, you go, oh my God, I feel so good. You know? And then you address other things. We do that so many times. Like sometimes, like my cupboard needs sorting out at the moment. Like parts of it, like clothes-wise, it's all on point. But well, there's a certain section which I've just been putting off for ages and just saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I haven't got around to doing it. But I know that is going to be such a game changer again when I, get that, when I get that cupboard cleaned out. Small details. And, you know, I remember saying yeah, something a, a while ago that was like, you know what? Get up in the morning, make your bed. Before you do anything else, make your bed, tidy, get your mind right, get yourself tidy. But it is small I details. all the time. Yeah, right? Because, like, you know, so often people are looking for these big changes that they need to make in their life. But, they, you know, how many big changes can you make? It's the little small details. It's the small it's the details, right? Yeah, and it's like, absolutely. it's like you said a, a bit earlier on as well, you know, controlling the controllables, focusing on the things that you can deal with or that you can influence or do something about. Again, one of the problems that you see so much with people is the, the sheer focus on the things that they can't control and the, then the constant questioning of, well, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Why? And trying to answer questions that they can't answer instead of thinking, what is, like you said, what is in my control right now? What can I influence? What can I exactly. deal with? And small right. details. It's so important, that message. That's the it. small details make, yeah. you know, make up something big. They make big. all the difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100 million percent, man. And I like I said... I tell my kids that, I mean, they don't always do it. And nine times out of 10 at the moment, because they're little, right? But I, I tell them that. If I teach them that from now, as they get older, they'll start doing it. And there are days where they'll do it and they'll look at me and say, Daddy, I did my bed. And they know it's, a, it's, 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 an, you know, it's an achievement for them that they did it and they remember to do it. Um, and that's great. It's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, but majority of the time, when I go upstairs, I, I see their rooms. And I, the first thing I do is do their beds. 
I do their beds, put the things back in the right places, and I step back and I go, right, now I, because otherwise, if I'm looking that in that direction, there's all this mess and clutter, it just kind of, it messes up my own space in my head. The moment it's tidy, I'm like, okay, right, I can move on to the next thing that I was doing now, you know? But unless I don't clean that room up and do their beds for them, it will bug me. Right, right. And, and, then, and then it spirals and spirals, right? Spirals. Other little things will start bugging me. You know, this is not done. That's not done. Then it can go escalate even more. Then you start, you know, arguing with your partner or, you know, shouting at the kids for no reason. It's like, why are you shouting? It's like, because you're stressed about something and you're taking it out on the wrong people. You know? Because that so stress energy is going to come out. And this is the thing. It's come out. You can't uh, yeah. push it away and pretend it's never going to occur. Exactly. It happen- like, if you're stressed and, and you don't deal with it, it comes out and usually inap- yeah. inappropriately as well. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so now, like, especially at this point of time where we're all in a pandemic and people that are not working and they're in each other's space 24-7, it's difficult, you know? I mean, touch wood, fortunately, me, me and my wife, we get on really well. And we even look back and look at ourselves sometimes and we go, we've done all right, actually, considering we've been in each other's space 24-7. <laughs> right, right. We haven't really had many arguments, have we? But, you know, the other thing is, like, um, I'm, me and my wife are two different people, right? She, she's somebody that's quite stubborn and she'll hold on to something for hours in the day, like, if we have an argument. But I'm a not complete opposite. I will, I, will, I will deal with the situation within 10 minutes. And when 10 minutes later, I'll go and speak to her and I'll make her normal again. I'll bring her back around again. And she loves that as well, though, because if before she met me, she would have arguments like in her house with her brother or her sister, and it would last for hours in a day because she was so stubborn that she would not make the first move. Her siblings would be the same and they wouldn't make the first move because they'd just got that stubbornness about them. Whereas I'm so like look, it's done and dusted. Okay, I've got it off my chest. You've got it off your chest. Let's move on. Like, what, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want a coffee? Like, and she's looking at me like, how can you just snap out so quick? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not normal. I'm like, it is normal because otherwise it's going to become a problem, you know? So let's now deal with it and we just, we just move on. So I literally have to walk out the room, take a few deep breaths, do something else, come back down and I'm back to normal. I'm, you know, I've got, I've, I've like, just get on with it. Get on with the day. And um, she loves that. She loves that, that I can do that and may bring her around so quickly. So that's another little, you know, something for, for people that are listening. You know, try not to hold on to things like arguments and stuff like that. Be the, be the person, especially if you're a man listening to this now. You know, the men, uh, you know, I'm not saying it in a sexist way or anything like that, but be a man, right? And step up and, and bring your wife around. It's your job to, to, to look after the women in your life, you know? Um, and vice versa as well. But, you know, when there's a situation, even if you're in the wrong you know, just all it takes is a little smile and a hug and say, all right, look, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Boom. Back to normal so quickly, you know? Juggy, I've learned some things about you already today. <laughs> you are not only like so well house trained, which is an, a, a rarity, but you're also a marriage counselor. And I, I love that about you, bro. <laughs> you know what? I've been through a lot. Don't get me wrong, man. I've, I've, I've lived and learned. I've lived and learned, you know? And, um, you know, and that's what we should all do is just learn from your mistakes. I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm far from that. But one thing I have done over the years is I've made and allowed myself to change, you know, and that is the biggest thing. I, I've given up a lot of things in life. I've moved um, location from where I used to live. I've given up, you know, friendships over before, for family, you know. So I've made a lot of sacrifices. I've made them, but I've made them for, for my well-being and my family's well-being you know and and those those are important things to do in life man if you're like somebody that 
you know, you're going to get married and you're, you're still going to be doing the same things that you used to do when you were like in your 20s. It's not going to work. Right? And I can say that because I've been married and divorced once, you know, and, and that was my mistake in my first marriage. You know, I was still a kid. I was still very young. I was married. And then like, you know, things didn't go the way to, they were meant to. And, you know, a lot of it was due to my fault. And I, and I did even at the time put my hands up and say, you know what, I'm sorry, you know, um, and, um, you know, it didn't work out and it's probably majority of it is my fault. Um, and then obviously you learn from that, you know, you move on, you, you get older, you get wiser. Um, and then you, you try not to make the same mistakes again, you know? Yeah. And, you know, growing through your challenges is the, for me, is the point of the challenges, like the things that you go through, you know, there's no denying that things are going to be really painful in life, really stressful in life. But like you say, it's how you go through it. It's how you get through it. And it's what can you learn from it? No matter how painful it is, there's always a little lesson somewhere to be taken from that moment. Right. Absolutely. Always, every single time, there's always a positive in every negative, you know, every single time. And, and even if there isn't, find one. Right. Right. Because that's your, that's your choice, isn't it? To find one. You can choose to find what you want to find in a situation. You can. You can. Absolutely. And that's what I choose to do. I always find a positive out of every negative and go, okay, this happened. This has really pissed me off. This has really gone the wrong way and it shouldn't have done. But you know what? That was good about it. And that actually if that didn't happen this wouldn't have happened and now now look where i am and now look what i've achieved just because of that and that could have been the worst thing you ever did where where you would never ever want to do that or make that mistake ever in your life again but there's some good that came out of it and that's what you got to hold on to not the, the mistake you made what did you gain from that what did you gain from that? And that is, the, that is what is the most important thing because in life, we're going to constantly make mistakes. We're all going to make them. We all, we all make them. We're all going to make them and we're going to carry on making them. But it's the type of mistakes you're going to make. And when you're younger, they're going to be more you know, uh, frowned upon. As you get older, they're less frowned upon because they're, they're, they're smaller mistakes. You know? But that's because you're getting older and wiser. And, 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 you're, and you're taking care of the silly things um, and, and, you know, uh, and, and the, the bigger things that are most important, you've mastered. You've gone, okay, I, I know what I'm meant to do here. You know, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm this, I'm that. And, and that you've got nailed to a T. But then you might do something that, you know, just upsets the program a little bit. And it's a silly little thing which you can get over very easily, you know. But um, yeah, as, as time goes on in life, man, that, that is what should be happening in your in your life cycle is that your mistakes should become less and less impactful on your people around you. You know, the impact of your mistakes, impact of your mistakes should be less, um, the word I'm looking for is, is you know, less um, affect, they should, they should affect your, uh, you know, your loved ones less and less. I, I, I can't find the exact right word that I'm looking for, but, you know, you understand what yeah, I'm trying to say, I, right? Yeah, I do completely understand. And I think yeah. it's a, it's a you know, really important message because as you do mature and get older, you do, as long as you're learning from your mistakes, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, because the more you learn from them, the less you'll make. It's like practice. The more you practice something, the better you get. The more you practice life, yeah. the, get, the better you get at life. Exactly. And, you know, for you, again, like I say, at, you know, Punjabi culture, divorce is seen as something that's frowned upon. It's seen as something that's a real negative. There's a lot of people out there who, you know, have either been through divorce or thinking about it or, you know, are not in a happy relationship. 
for you to be able to be that honest with yourself and say, you know what, hands up, it was probably a lot of it was me, you know, again, shows your willingness to grow because that must have been a yeah. really stressful period oh, of time yeah, for not just you, for your family so and everyone involved as yeah, well. Yeah, for everyone, for, for, for my ex-wife, for me, everyone, for the families, you know, it was, it was, a, it was not a nice time. Nobody wants to go through that. Nobody wants to see their children go through that, you know. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you can only look back and feel, you know, and, 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 and just say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for the way it worked, turned out. It wasn't, it wasn't planned that way. You know, but that's that's part of life. You know, that's the circle of life. Where I made some mistakes and uh, they didn't work in my favor, so I apologize for that. And then you move on. You know, and you move on, and you can continue with life and uh, try not to make those same mistakes again. Um, and uh, try and just be a better role model when kids are involved. And you, you, you know, you that becomes a big part of your your program that you have to then be be this 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 figure that people that that forget anybody else like you know obviously being a singer and artist and stuff I've got fans that are um you know idolize and, and and look up to me but beyond them I've still I've got a first and foremost I've got to be that role model for my children you know um and and it all started that's why they say it, everything starts at home you know it all starts within your family within your household if you're not looking after your household and your family then the outside is going to be a right mess Going back to the early days of your career, Juggy, I just want to kind of go back because, you know, like in the intro, you know, before I was, when I was preparing for this interview, I had your songs on repeat in the background. And I was like, man, like there's so many tunes I forgot. I, I forgot about that. Like I had, I had blasting in the car when I was younger, but you know, people will look at your career and, and marvel at what you have achieved, but can always often forget that that doesn't, come easy you've got to put the hard work the grafting all those kind of yeah. things that come with it when you started out um i believe you were like kind of doing the circuit around southall and and sort of doing you know doing bits there performing at different venues before you kind of made it to the bigger time how did you uh what was your mindset like in those early years when you weren't superstar juggy d you were you know you were juggy d and you're trying to make it what was your mindset in terms of okay you know really competitive industry super super competitive yeah. How did you set yourself up for success? Uh, you know what it was? Um, for me, it, it's really weird. It's really weird because um, I never came into it for the fame or the fortune or the, or the fans or anything like that. I was just a very passionate singer um, from a very, very young age. I just loved singing Punjabi songs. That's what I started off as, uh, as a bathroom singer, singer at home. You know, my dad used to get me singing at um, dinner parties at the home all the time. You know, they've had dinner, desserts being served. And all of a sudden, I know my dad's going to call for me. And, and that call is to sing and entertain. You know, I, I'm the I'm the <laughs> I'm the party trick. You like, the, the, you like the Punjabi Michael Jackson? I'm the, well, I was a no, no Michael Jackson, man. I was a monkey. I was a little monkey. Boy, you bloody sing now. You know, I'm like, okay, dad, I'll sing. And, uh, and uh, I, I absolutely hated it at the time. I really did. But um, I'm glad he did that. I'm really glad he did that because he he opened um, he opened me up. You know, as in um, I would. He got rid of my my shyness, um, my fears of singing in front of people, um, and being able to take criticism. You know, um, good and bad. You know, um, and you know, in the early days, obviously, it was like. I was only, what, 11, 12 years old when I first um, kind of uh, 
well, I was 13 when I first sang on stage. But I'd been singing since I was a little kid. Like I was going to India since the age of like three or four years old. And I was collecting music, TDK tapes. I would go to the bend and I'd say to my cousins, my thai tatted him one day and my mum made him one day and say, listen, who's the best singers out right now? Like who's got the biggest album and who, what's the biggest song? What's the best song that you guys are listening to? And I'd go and buy those tapes, you know, and I'd listen to them and I'd sing along to them and I'd write the songs out and I'd ask my mum what they mean. And if I couldn't pronounce something, I would ask her what the pronunciation, how do you say this correctly and what does that mean? You know, so I did all of that. And, and uh, a, a lot of the upbringing at home was, uh, was a big part, played a big part um, because we weren't allowed to speak English at home. Uh, we had to speak Punjabi. If I asked my parents anything, it had to be in Punjabi. And if I didn't know, they'd tell me how to do it. And that was both with not just me, but my elder brother and sister too. I was the youngest. So, you know, it was just like kind of drummed into us from a very early age. We hated it at the time. Don't get me wrong. You know, oh God, God we can't speak English. We'd get told off speaking English between ourselves. We had to speak Punjabi. Um, but fair play to them. They'd, they'd done a great job because had they not done that, maybe I wouldn't be able to sing in Punjabi, you know? Um, let alone, let alone even talk it, you know, some, some, some parents here, uh, they, they proudly say, Oh, uh, well, that's nothing to be proud of. You know, your kids should know Punjabi. That's their, that's their first language. That's their mother tongue. You know, they're going to learn English anyway. And like, you know, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of kids that don't understand Punjabi, but if they do, they understand a very limited amount of Punjabi. And that's what we set out to do. I'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but going back to um, how it was for me, just kind of, it was just, like I said, a passion, just wanted to just get myself um, um, one track. That's all it was. And that came from, that came from people telling me that it wasn't even my choice at the time. I didn't even want to do that. I just, I was just happy doing what I was doing. And that was just singing in pubs and clubs, bars, you know, like a, like a bit of like a karaoke singer, if you want to call it that, but with a live band. And I'd just go along with my mates and sing at parties. And I was happy with that. But then uh, 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 my close friends started saying to me, Jugs, you need to release a song. Like, we love listening to you. Like, when we're out having a drink, you, were, you know, five drinks down, and they're like, Jugs, sing us a song, man. Sing us a song. And I'm like, okay. So I'd start busting out. And then we'd be dancing and getting, you know, how youngsters do. And then, you know, I still do it now, man. I still do it yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people still do, and it's it's wicked. It's such a great little culture that is, you know, having a having a little bottle in the park and singing <laughs> yeah. songs. Um, you know, that's what we grew up on. That's how we used mm. to do it back in the day. And um, you know, we um, from there, I was like, well, you know, I don't know where to go. I don't know. I don't have any friends that are music producers, mm. you know. And um, it was just musicians, friends that were musicians that just played in bands and stuff like that. And then I got introduced to, um, I, I did a competition at school. I got introduced to Chani, uh, uncle from Alab. Um, his daughter was at school with me. Um, and, and then we, kind of, we formed a band. I, I sang on some of his um, albums as a backing vocalist. Um, and things started kind of going in the direction that um, uh, I guess I, I subconsciously wanted it to go down, but I didn't even realize that it was happening. You know, it was just kind of a gradual progression. And then, and then I got introduced to Rishi. I was singing in a pub and I got introduced to Rishi and Rishi came down and heard me and then he invited me to the studio. And then that was it. The rest was history. I, I sang to him in his studio and he was like, I wanted to sing on my album and everything just kind of just, you know, it was just one thing after the other, just fell into place, into place, into place. And then we did our very first song in 2002 called Nejina. And uh, 
And, and for me, thank you. And for me, to be honest, that was all I wanted to do. Right. Was that, were you happy? Were you happy at that point to be like, okay, you know, I've lived my dream sort of thing. I'm right? Done. Wow. Because I used to collect music, right? I used to collect vinyl and I used to go to um, his mom and dad's shop called Metro Music. So before I had that record even recorded, even before I met Rishi, my dream was to walk into that record store one day and see my tape on the other side of the counter or my, my material, my work that I'd worked on, my song, I wanted to go and buy it. Right? That was my dream. I then with that one day, I want to buy my own track, man. I want to buy my own, whatever album it's on, however it's done, I, that's my dream. And that's, that was kind of what, that was the only thing. Like I, at that time, that was my goal, you know? And, and it was like, once I got that, it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And I remember the day when I was um, uh, going to Metro Music to buy that album. It was called Simply Rich by Rishi. It was his album. My song was the lead song on there. And um, it, was, it was the most amazing journey. I left my house, uh, my mom and dad's house in Southall. I was walking down the Axbridge Road to uh, Metro Music. And as I was walking down, it was a beautiful sunny day. I remember it clearly. And this car pulls up right next to me. Windows open, boys and girls in there playing Neijina. Wow. What a feeling that hey, must have been. Hey, my head still stands on it when I tell <laughs> yeah, this story, bro. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you, bro. Me, I'm looking at them. I'm going, what? Yeah. That's my song, bro. <laughs> no? And they have no idea that the guy that sang that song that they're shacking out to in the car is just walking down the street next to them right there. They had no idea. That's was, amazing. My song, my song had just come out. So I was a nobody really, you know? I had still, nobody had really known who this kid was up until that song came out. And that was just, it gonna need time to grow. But that moment, man, that was like, what? Anyway, I got to the store, went to buy this record and they were like, no, 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 take it, take it. You're, you're on this, well done, well done. And I'm like, no, 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 I wanna buy it, I wanna buy it. I said, I want that, I want the CD, I want the receipt, I'm gonna keep this, this is my thing. And uh, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I, and I got to do that. And I did, I did that. And I've got it at home at my mom's house somewhere in uh, one of my old memorabilia suitcases. It's all packed away, stacked away in there. I'm gonna, I was thinking about getting it actually recently. I just uh, wanted to go through it and show my kids because my elder ones are old enough to understand to, what's to, going to on. To get what's going on now. To know who their dad really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they knew from the age of about, well, my older one, from the, I guess from the age of about three or four, they know that, okay, my daddy's, you know, this is what he does. And, um, you know, and it's uh, it's mad. But now they're like, obviously, you know. But it's it's uh, now it's that time where you pull out the stuff and you go, you know. And it's now it's in a way to show them to inspire them, you know, to 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 set goals, smash them out the park, um, and and you know, and and to get these kind of things where people are writing about you. They're writing about your achievements. They're writing about your work, you know. And that that's for my kids now. It's great to show them at this age, at eight, nine years, at eight and six, because that will inspire them to go, oh my God, I want to be like my daddy. And that's, you know, that, that, you know, their dad is, they're like their hero. Everybody's dads are their heroes. That will, you know, that will put me in that space even more where they'll be like, I want to be like my daddy, which is great for me to do and, and introduce them to now so that they, you know, go on that path to kind of mentally prepare themselves to, to just do well at life, man. Definitely. Well, so you're giving them that mindset from from young, right? Yeah, so they're gonna yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna grow up with it and have you know 
the drive, the resilience, all those things that you have had to develop, they're going to have it at an earlier age and a lot of people get introduced to this kind of stuff. For you, you know, like you were saying at the start, you know, you didn't go into music for the fame and the fortune. You went into it for the love of uh, music and the passion that yeah. you had for it. Yeah, yeah. Has, is that the thing that's kept you feeling like, you know, just grateful for what you've got and not feeling like too much pressure because the lot of artists that I speak to feel a lot of pressure like I bet they'll be doing this I have to be seen here I have to do this but there's a lot of uh, there can be a lot of pressure in the music industry let's put it that way of course there can man and it's, but again it all comes down to how you deal with it how, how do you deal with the situations how, what, how do you put yourself out there what have you you know what you don't have to be seen at every event. You don't have to be seen at, you know, sometimes they'll be like, I remember there was, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was like artists, certain artists that would be seen at the opening of an envelope. You know, that's what we used to say. It's like, yeah, come on, yeah. man. Like, I'm getting bored of seeing you now. Like, keep yourself a little bit exclusive. You get me? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, but it's like, you know, they, they say, you know, they say, if you, if you, um, um, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, yeah. you know? And I do what I love and I do it, with love, mm. right? So if you do it with love, it's going to get to all those places and all those, those ears that want to hear it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm very happy and content in what I've done, you know, what I've achieved. There's still loads that I want to achieve and there's still right. loads that I want to do, you yeah. know, and, uh, and, uh, and I've got, I've been working, like this time I've used, I've used to record new music. I've got so much new material ready. Right, so when people, when you guys are watching this, there's going to be about four weeks left until... Juggy D featuring Jay Sean comes out. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> man. That's, that's an exclusive yeah. right there for you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wow. There you go, man. Wow. So that's, that's, that's going to be a, uh, one of my singles that I've been, we, we've, it's ready. It's, it's, it's finished. It's, it's, it's on my phone. I listen to it all the time. Um, I'm, I'm gassed about it. I can't wait for it to come out. Rishi's produced it. It's the, it's wow. that, you know, it's the dangerous. Back, dance with you dangerous again. Team. Back. The, yeah, three, the, so, the, the trio's back. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I've got, um, you know, Guru Randawa is uh, uh, my little bro. You know, I've known him, uh, for people that don't know, I've known him before he became a singer, uh, before he became famous, uh, a famous singer. Um, he's always been passionate about music. He moved from Punjab to Delhi. And when he moved from Punjab to Delhi, he was, um, he was around and being looked after uh, by the same team that used to manage me in India back then. And this was, this was like 10, 15 years ago when I, I've been going to India for the last 18 years. All right. And um, he's, I think he's been around for now about six, but he's been in Delhi for the, probably the last 10. And he used to be around and they introduced me to him. They were like, oh, Paji, this is a guru. Um, and uh, he's going to, you know, we're working on him. He's a singer and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he did some tracks and it didn't kick off straight away for him and he, but he grafted and he worked very, very hard and, you know, and then he got, you know, it takes one song to change your life. And, and then, you know, he had, um, suit was a massive hit for him with Arjun from, from, you know, from the UK, our boy. And, uh, and then, you know, he, he became this phenomenal, um, phenomenon in India and he's a, he's a, a megastar. He's a megastar. And it, to me, he's just my little bro, man. And, uh, you know, uh, and he always will be, but, um, uh, he's written a song for me. So that, that's, that's, uh, being produced by V. So, so that's happened. Um, that's done. Uh, just the production needs to be finished and I've already vocal that. Um, and then I've done some, uh, songs with, uh, DJ dips. Yeah. Um, I've got like five songs ready, man. Wow, I'm, I'm, man. You've been productive I'm, then. You've been really yes, productive. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got, um, I got things lined up for you know for release, and um, I can't wait for them to come out. Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's it's been a good time. It's been a good time. I've been working on a, working on my on myself. I've been in the middle of a, um, a transformation. Uh, the beard is is still part of the uh, the rough look. So when when the whole thing is ready, that the, the the reveal is ready, then I'm going to get rid of the beard and I'm going to do the shoe and uh, the everything is under construction, man. Is is a lot. Is a lot. Of, yeah, man. I you know that's that's like what you know that was the thing. It was like what are you gonna what are you gonna gain from this time being away? You know what are you gonna come back and say? I did this, I did this, and I did this. You know? So um, I can I can I can tick off a few things already that I've you know I've done loads of music. I've done a hundred kilometer bike ride with no training for charity uh, in this period. Yeah, so I did that, um, and I've also um, in the midst of a, um, a body transformation, which I will reveal later. I've not even really I've been putting snaps up of me in the gym, like you know, leg day, back day, da da da. But I've not put up any pictures of myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. So you know, um, and uh, even then, I have good days and bad days. You know, don't get me wrong. I've been, uh, you know, some days where I fall off the wagon and I eat stuff that I'm not meant to be eating and it's not on my program. Um, and then you know, the next day you've got to just get back on the program and, uh, and get your mindset right and uh, and crack on. You know. So, uh, but it's a process, man. Life is a life is a uh, full of hurdles and obstacles, and you just got to get over and brush yourself off and uh, and move on. That, I mean, it's it's great advice. And just a really uh, a quick one is on you know, like you say, you set you set goals and you smash them out of the park. But there's going to be times where you know, for everyone in every walk of life, no matter what you do, you set goals and they just don't happen. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. I've had a guitar sitting under my bed for the longest time of year. For so many years that yeah. I've always said to myself, I want to learn how to play, I want to learn how to play. Even went to a couple of lessons. I've never got around to playing it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, I find it difficult because it's like, it hurts your fingers. And I'm like, I'm like now in my early forties, man. And I, mm. you know, it's like times, it's like, I should have started that when I was 18. It's right, like, right. I'm playing it now. I'm like, I should just pass this guitar to my kids and say, yeah, you learn it. You know, um, I've got a piano in my house and I, I fully can't play that. Yeah. You know, and I see this thing every day. So don't get me wrong. There's things that, you know, I'd love to do that I haven't achieved yet. Yeah. And like I said, I said that earlier on in this interview that, you know, there's things that I, I still want to achieve and still want to do and still want to learn, which I haven't got around to doing yet. Right. But, but it's never too late. Yeah. You can start whenever. You know, that piano is not going anywhere. It's going to be in my house as long as I'm here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's there. I can start tomorrow. I can start after this interview. Yeah. You know? But it's about having that mindset and going, right, okay, are we going to do this now? Mm. Are we ready to do it? Yeah. Because you've got to, whatever it is that you do, you have to be ready. Mentally and physically, you have to be prepared. And uh, I'm, I'm going to just very briefly touch on something which is very important to me is, mm. uh, and, and has become very, very important in this pandemic it is the use of, of um, alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because people... I've heard of so many people that have just been abusing alcohol even more, yeah. you know, um, than before because they've got nothing else to do. Right. You know, and um, they've, they've, it's just, it's just mad, man. And it's scary because that leads to so many other things, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, abusive relationship due to the alcohol, mm. you know, um, using uh, recreational drugs because of the alcohol, you know, cause that, the alcohol becomes the trigger to everything. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, my, my thing, I don't drink. 
I don't drink anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's been so many, it's been so many years. I started my non-drinking journey in 2013 is the point where I wow. said, I'm not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's been seven years, but don't get me wrong. It's been, I've had a drink here and there. Yeah. Stopped drank and gone, oh, no, I really do not like this. And it's not good for me. And I'm mm. going to stop again, you know, and I've had relapses over the way, along the way. But um, now it's, 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 it's completely like the last time I drank. And that was after probably a year as well. Yeah. was August the 13th, 2019. Right. You know, yeah. um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully focused on everything else in life, but you know, but those kind of nushing, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think, I think, um, people need to, uh, cause I, the reason I brought this up is because I get, uh, I talk about this in, in like a lot of Instagram lives because mm. that, that plays a big part, you know, uh, what, what you do on a daily basis plays a big part in your, in your whole kind of, um, in your whole life. You know, if you're a drinker, you, you need to make sure that you do it in moderation yeah. and not abuse it because if you, if you're going to abuse anything, it's going to become a problem, Right. right. Um, and a lot of people always ask me that, how did you give up? You know, how were you able to knock it on the head? And mm. especially in the time we're in now, doesn't it want to make you want to drink? I'm like, no, it doesn't. It makes me want to not drink even more. Now. Right. But, but what, what, how did I get to that place in the first place? It's all the mindset. It's, mm. it's wanting to give up, man. And wanting to, um, um, you know, um, have a cleaner and healthier lifestyle. And, you know, I, cause I'm not somebody that can drink in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that over the years. And, and, you know, if I can't do it in moderation, I shouldn't do it at all because the moment I start drinking, then anything goes. Right. You know, that was my problem. Yeah. And, and then that got me into a lot of trouble over the years, you know? Mm. So now I'm teetotal. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. I don't do nothing. You know, what I do is go to the gym. I eat well. Yeah. I, I, I chill with my kids. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and I can, I, I live to tell the tale. I live to tell and, and pass on a little bit of my wisdom and, and like the, everything that I overcame and everything I, I gave up was all in the bloody mind. Yeah. Yeah. When you it focused on what you wanted to do. all in the mind. Right. Yes. And you've got to tell yourself and give yourself realistic, realistic, um, um, realistic, um, uh, uh, deadlines and guidelines and, you know, um, uh, things that you're going to re- realistically achieve. Like, don't say, oh, I'm going to stop tomorrow. I'm never going to do this again. You know, yeah. like sometimes people go yeah. out on a mad bender and they're like, oh, I'm never drinking again. Oh, uh, a week later, they bang on it again, yeah. you know? Yeah. But like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. It's fine. If you can, if, if you can go out, have a drink and not drink for a week and then go out. But then if it's causing problems in your life, mm. if it's causing problems for people around you and you don't recognize those problems, it's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're hurting people around you and you think it's okay. Right. But it's not, man. It's not. And I learned, I learned, um, uh, in, in, you know, somewhat difficult circumstances sometimes where, you know, if, if I didn't give up drinking and going out on these parties and mad, mad nights out that I could have lost a lot in my life, you know, Mm. that I, that I gained. Um, so you know, it's about how much you want to, to change and how much you want to give up. And um, if, you, if you put your mind to it, man, anything is achievable, anything is possible. Because like I said, you know, I used to look at myself back in the day and I used to think, shit, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess, hmm. right? And, um, and then I'm saying that I've given it up. 
Yeah. I've stopped. Yeah. I don't do anything. Right. You know, if I, and, and it's, that, it's that cliche thing. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought I was fucked up. Right. You know, right. Yeah. I thought, mate, you're fucked, bro. Yeah. You fix yeah. up. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't that bad, I guess, because I was able to overcome it, whatever. But when I, when I went on this, this just journey of giving up everything and, and surrounding myself around positive people who are also on this journey, to give up and you know i i'm not ashamed to say that i went to some 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 places where you know you get help and that's the biggest thing that's the biggest thing for people to admit that you need help it's not a, a, it's not something to be ashamed of man you know don't be ashamed of saying i need help because if you don't say it you're not going to get it no and in, you know, in Punjabi culture as well, this whole, like, you know, I'm so glad you brought up the drinking thing because it's a huge part, the statistics all left, right and center now about how bad alcoholism is in Punjabi culture and how it's almost kind of like, oh, you know, everyone does it, so it's fine. And everyone drinks too much, so it's fine. And it becomes a way of coping for the pain that you're feeling. And it comes a way of dealing with the problems that you have instead of talking and you know, opening up and saying, I need help. Like you say, it's like, I'll just, I'll have a few drinks and that, you know, I'll have a few drinks and that makes me feel differently. And I think what you're saying is so powerful. If you need help, please go get it. Find someone who can help you because life is worth so much more Listen, than developing the substance abuses. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there right now. Okay. Um, I'm doing this interview. I'm, I've been through a lot in my life and I've, I've, met a lot of people who are on the same path as me and are clean and sober and you know uh we're teetotal we're, we're on this beautiful journey um and where you still you you still look at yourself as a recovering uh, addict if you want to call it because yeah. i was i was not addicted to alcohol okay but when i drank it i abused it mm. and um it's, it still you know comes under the umbrella of alcoholism yeah. right and, and being and being addicted to some kind of part of it which makes you then do other silly things, right? Right. So it's about uh, admitting first and foremost that you have a problem, then having to address that problem, and then dealing with that problem and taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Okay? Don't try and move the mountain um, before you can, you know, before you can even start walking, like, and, and even start lifting weights, as mm. though, if you want to put it in that way, because you're not going to be able to push the mountain you know, out the way or overcome that massive obstacle if you don't get the basics right. The basics is, first of all, admit you've got a problem. Yeah. Let people know around you're going to make some differences and you're going to change and you're going to do something to help that problem, okay? And then when you start working towards making um, a better person of yourself and, and addressing that problem, life is going to get better. Mm. It, at the beginning, feels like it's fucking shit. Yeah. Right? And, and, and how are you going to ever achieve this and overcome this problem of yours? But it is achievable. And when you go to places where you can get help from, bro, you will meet people and hear about people's stories that are fucking 10 times worse than your own. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's when you're going to go, fuck me, I'm not even that bad. Mm. He's done it. He came back from that. What? Are you serious? And you go, wow, there's hope for me. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to put yourself in those places, man, to fucking see that there is hope mm. and that there is a way of coming back from, from the dead, if you want to call it that. Yeah. If you think your life's over and you're in a rut and you're, you're in this problem. And, like, I, I've spoken to loads of people, man. Don't get me wrong. I've spoken to a lot of friends who have been through problems and they, they, they envy now the fact where I've got to. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, 
you know, messed up along the way here and there, did whatever. Yeah. And I've, I've come to a place where I can now, and they, and they, they will openly me. I've got very close friends, like a handful of close friends that know what I've done, what I've been through and where I'm at. And, and they, they, they're not ashamed to turn around and say, bro, you're so much better the way you are. Mm. And they still drink and they right. still drink. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. But they, they, they respect the fact that I've done what I've done for my well-being and for my family. Yeah. And even if I go and sit around them, they will never urge me to drink. Right. You know, those are the kind of people you need to surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. People that are good for you. Not good for just them and the time that you're going to be around them. Mm. Because if it's just about, yeah, don't worry, man. Have a drink. Fucking don't worry. Get on it. Get do this. Do that. Mate, they're not your friends. Mm. Because they're not there to deal with the shit that you're going to have to deal with when you get home, mate. Yeah. You know? So you need to, first of all, you need to change your surroundings. You need to change a lot of stuff about yourself, man. And like I said before, I was, I was about to touch on something that I'm putting it out there right now that, you know, on Instagram, I'm the real Juggy D. If you want to DM me, man, anyone that's watching this right now wants to DM me and personally have a chat, hit me up, man. Hit me up. If there's anything I can do to help you, man, and I'll point you in the right direction or just give you some, you know, I, I can, you can send me your number. I'll call you from a withheld number. And I can chat to you and mm. I can, I can give you some words of advice. I can talk to you about what I've been through, you know, and I'm happy to do that. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, mm. I'm here to help people now, man, because you know what it does. Yeah. I'll tell you what it does. Um, I've learned that when you, know, when you open and you talk to people, you half the pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the beauty of sharing your feelings is. And that's why you have loved ones because mm. they're there to, to share your pain, man. Yeah. And if you don't talk, you're going to carry that burden for your, your, all your, your whole life. And that's what then makes people commit suicide right. because they can't deal with it. They can't deal with it no more. They weren't yeah. able to talk to anyone. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They're stuck and they're too proud to talk to people. You know, it's not about that, man. It's about getting off that high horse of yours and going, you know what? Let me put my fucking hands up and say, I fucking need help. Mm. And you watch the people that really mean something and love you that say, come, let's help you. Yeah. Let's help you. You fucking, you, you are so strong and we envy you so much for telling us that you've got a problem and that you need help. I'm going to fucking do whatever it takes to help you now, bro. Yeah. Come on, yeah. let's do this. And watch how things change for you and for the better and for your family. Trust me. Juggy, man, honestly, inspirational words. It's, it's such, it's so great to hear you talk with the passion that you have for this and for the enthusiasm and everything else because it's, you know, like I say, we're here to talk about mindset and this is a huge part of, life is a huge part of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, and and that's mindset. why I wanted to bring up that whole alcohol thing because it plays on our mindsets hugely, man. You know, like um, um, all these kind of different influences that you have in life that are there, they all, they all play a big part on your mindset, a yeah. massive part, yeah. you know, and you need to, they need to be addressed. They need to be addressed. They need to be, they need to become very openly talked about. Yeah. You know, they should, it shouldn't be a taboo subject that somebody's on drugs or somebody's on alcohol and they can't get off it and they're alcoholics and, you know, it shouldn't be a taboo subject, man. It's happening all around us. Let's make it a subject which we can openly talk about and then we will save more people. We will get more people out of that shit. You know, we'll get people on, on a better path in life only if we openly talk about it. So don't make it a, a situation where, you know, the moment somebody mentions something like that, you all go, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that. 
Now, how do you expect someone to talk to you about them having a problem if you don't even want to talk about the situation in the first place? Yeah, yeah. You know, something comes on on TV about drink and drugs and you say, oh, change the channel, change the channel. Why? It's normal, man. Watch that shit. Look at what's happening in the world. You know, don't hide it away from your kids. Tell them about it. Educate them from day one. And then if they do get to a point where they have a problem with it, they can at least come to you and say, dad, I've got a problem, man. What's your problem, son? Dad, I've started fucking smoking. What? You started smoking? Right. Do you want to stop? We're going to get you off this. That's how we need to be dealing with shit, man. Not, not like, Sare atu senta pinta, kutteya, bastara, aramia, eki kamea, apne munde senta ni pinte. Wrong, wrong yeah, attitude, wrong, wrong attitude, way of dealing wrong, with it. Yeah, completely wrong. You think he's going to stop? Do you think he's going to stop? He's going to fucking go and do it behind your back now. Change your mindset, man. Change your mindset. It's around us all over the place. People are dying every day from shit like this. Open up to it and deal with it in the right way. I'm talking to youngsters, elders, um, everyone right now. This, this goes out to everybody. You all need to change your mindsets, man, in the way you deal with it, the way you listen to people that have got problems with it. You know, everyone needs to just change a little bit and go, fucking right, man, we need to change. We need to change, you know? And I'm not preaching it. I'm just telling you what I know from experience. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to shed a little bit of light of what I kind of had to deal with, what I went through over the years and, you know, and, and people around me that I've seen it happen to. I've lost loved ones. You know, people have OD'd, people have died, uh, all sorts, man. Suicide, like so much of it. And I'm sure you know so many people that have done things to themselves like that, you know? And, and you know what? If we were around them, to talk to them, maybe they would still be here today. And that's the sad thing is all the stories that you have and that I have, you look and you think that was all preventable. It wasn't, exactly. it wasn't like, oh, that exactly. was just the way it was. It was like, man, if no. we'd have just known or if we, you know, we could have yeah. just got there a bit sooner, that stuff wouldn't have yes. happened. But it's exactly. there's always a solution, exactly. isn't there? That's the thing. There's always there, there like is. suicide isn't the solution. And, and I get why but, but people listen. do it. Yeah. Why do people, because they have nowhere else to turn yeah. to. They have nowhere else and they don't know any other way of not feeling the pain other than yeah. to take their own life. Yeah. And, and do you know what? When somebody's made up that, that their mindset that they're going to do that, there's no turning back. Because you know what? That puts their mind at ease, bro. What, what, you think about it now, right? We're sitting here talking. At what point of the whole day do you actually take a sigh of relief? Is when you lie down and you put your head on that pillow, you go, ah, oh, don't you? And after you knock out, where do you go? You're practically dead. Isn't that the best part of the day for some people? Whereas for us right now, the best part is waking up and going, where's my kid? Where's my son? Oi, Uriya, come on, Jafipa, yeah, let's play, let's do this, let's do that, yeah? But for some people, going to sleep is the best part of the day because they wish they don't wake up because they've got so much shit to deal with and they, can't, they don't know how to deal with it. Don't get me wrong. I love sleep. I love my sleep, but I love waking up. I love waking up in the morning, man, after a good night's sleep because I want to fucking, I want to hit that, hit that day, you know, like a bloody juggernaut. I go, come on, what you got? What you got for me today that I can't deal with? Throw at me whatever you can. You know why? Because my mindset is correct. I've, I've set my mind up to deal with 99.9% .9 of things that you're going to throw at me. 
you know? And that's what we need to learn as individuals. We need to learn how to develop a strong mind and a strong, strong, um, uh, just, just, you know, a, a well-being and internal well-being. We need to know how to do, uh, how to make sure that we, we service ourselves as people, as a body. We need to service ourselves, you know? We can't put shit into it. You put shit into it, it's not going to work correct, okay? You put goodness into it, it's going to work fine. You know? That's how the body works, man. You need to put good vibes in. The more good energy you feed your body, the more good energy you're going to put out. Yeah? If you put out, if you, if you take in all this shit, you're going to put out shit. You know? It's a very simple scenario, man. Very, very simple way. We can break it down to, to and, and people go, oh, yeah, it's easier said than done. Mate, trust me, I've been there. I've been there. And I thought it was impossible as well at one point in my life. But it was not, man. Everything's achievable, man. Everything's achievable. Jogi, I think we could go on for a good few more hours yet on this interview. <laughs> I really believe we could. I think we're going to have to come back and do part two, three, four, five and do it, you know, you know do something. It's funny, because... funny you say that, man. When I, go, when I go in, man, I go in so much that people always say to me, bro, we got to do a part two, man. We got to do a part two. Uh, you know, I just, I, I, I just, I'm very passionate about, you know, passing on um, information that may be able to help somebody. That's all it is now. You know, I'm, I'm just very passionate about it. And um, I, I've been saying it for a little while now that I want to do a, um, uh, uh, every maybe fortnight or every week um, is, uh, is do like an Instagram kind of uh, thing called um, Sober Sessions with Juggy D, you know, where people can come on and just talk about stuff and, you know, um, ask me some questions about shit, you know, and if they want to go private, we can chat on my DM or, you know, I can get on a call to someone just because I want to try and help people, man, because, you know, people out there need help. And sometimes they don't want to talk to their family members first. They want to talk to somebody that's not going to judge them. And I'm not, I am the last person that's going to judge anybody, bro, because I've been, and, you know, like over the years, there's been word on the street about me, which I don't care anymore, you know. I'm content in my life. My wife, my kids, my parents, they all love me. They all seen where... I've come from and what I'm at and where I'm at now. And, 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 you know, that, that does resonate uh, amongst the rest of the masses as well. I don't need to tell anybody what I'm doing. People find out, they know that I'm, I'm teetotal and I'm sober and I'm, you know, and I'm now a good dad. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a human being that's trying to help others now, you know? Um, so sorry. you kind of, you yeah, kind of brought, about. brought me nicely onto, like it's not my last question, but I'll make it the last question because, like I say, we could be here for hours otherwise. But I wanted to kind of ask you. Obviously, your career is amazing. Your CV, in terms of your musical CV, is phenomenal. You know the the shows that you've done worldwide, the crowds that you played in front of, the people that you've collaborated with. It's things that dreams are made of. But my question to you is, what's the most important thing in your life? What is if you could say, you know what? This is it for me. All this because you know because people see from the outside, don't they? They see the social media, they see the amazing things you've done. But you, in your heart, what is it that that Juggy D is most focused on? One word: being happy. That's all I want to be. And um, um, my kids make me happy. My wife, my family. That's 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 all. Um, this is it's getting me a little bit emotional now, but that's that's all I want to be in life, man. It's just I just want to be happy, and I am happy right now. I'm happy. I'm very happy 
the way things are going. Um, and uh, that, that's what I try and teach my kids, man, that do whatever you want to do in life. Don't make anything uh, um, like, you know, don't look at anything like it's, it's, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to, you don't have to do anything right, that you don't want to do. I'm not going to ever force you to do anything. I'm not ever going to force you to become something that you don't want to become. You do what you love. I, I, I ask my kids all the time, me and my wife, we say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to learn? What do you want to play? What do you want to watch? What do you want to read? And I'll get it for you, okay? It's my job to make it, make it accessible, and then you do it. And if you love it, we will put more time into it so that you can become better at it, okay? And, and that's what we, and I said, but just do it if it makes you happy. I said, if, it, if you don't like it, I said, then give it a rest. I said, but if I see you're good at something and you say to me, no, I don't want to do it anymore, then I will push you because I see something in you which later on in life, you're going to thank me for that. You're going to go, dad, I'm so glad you made me go to that because if not, I would have given up something that I'm actually really good at. I said, because now as a child, you might say, oh no. <clears throat> Tell you a quick story, right? One day, um, my daughter was only about six years old. She had to wake up on... Um, uh, a Saturday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning to take her for a swimming lesson at 8. She's a great swimmer, okay? Really good swimmer. And straight after that, she had a diving class, okay? And this is at like six, seven years old. And um, she didn't want to go, right? I've woken up on a Saturday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't really want to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, but I've got to take my daughter to her lessons. So I get up, I get into her room. Daddy, I don't want to go. She's almost barely bawling her eyes out. I don't want to go. And I went, okay. I sat with her and I said, right, okay, but look. I said, I don't really want to wake up in the morning to take you to this lesson. I said, but I have to because it's something that I'm doing for you, okay? I said, if you don't do this, I get a longer sleep in, okay? I get a lie-in. It's, it's no skin off my nose. I said, but should I tell you what it's not going to do for you? I said, for you, it's going to be, okay, if somebody asks you, okay, Venice, what do you do? I said, apart from going to school, what else are you going to say? I said, there's not going to be any other out of school activities, any other instruments or anything else that you're going to be able to talk about and, and say that, yeah, this is what I do and this is what I'm good at and this is what I enjoy if you don't do it, if you don't get up and go. I said, so now the choice is yours, puppy. I said, if you don't want to go, I said, don't worry about it. It's up to you. I said, but... It's your loss, not mine. Okay, I'll just go back to sleep. And she looked at me and it registered with her. And she said, and she went, okay, daddy, let's go. And I was like, yes, yes. Tapped into that little, <laughs> one, little one melted dad. <laughs> yeah, but I made her, yeah, made the she, choice. She made the decision, yeah. She made the decision. Yeah. I didn't make her feel like I was taking her and she had to go. I let her make the choice. I said, if you don't want to go, but I'm going back to sleep. She said, no, daddy, let's go. I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And that's that, yeah, and that's the way to do it, man. Let the kid, no matter how old they are, let them make the choice. Let them be in control. Let them know that they're in control from a young age, man. And they will do things that, they'll just do things that they like, say, okay, you know what? You could do this. Do you want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. Okay, fine. Do you want to do this? Yeah, I want to do that. Done. Let's do it. You know, give them options, man. You have to give them loads of options. You have to give them loads of options. But yeah, it all boils down to as long as they're happy at the same time as well. Man. That is the most important thing in life. Happiness 
is 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 the most important thing in life because I've met people over the years throughout my career who have got all the money in the world. Money don't buy happiness. You know, uh, materialistic things don't buy happiness. Um, it all boils down to having a, a happy home, you know, and it doesn't cost a lot to have to, to get that. It, it's it's the cheapest thing. It's thing that you will will spend the less the, the, the most the least amount of money on, but gain the most amount of love from. And that's just by sharing um, your love with your loved ones. And you know, life is good. That's it. That's what it's all about. Bro, like I say, man, I've I've always been a fan of your music. I've always respected your craft and your hustle. But I've got to say, as a man, the respect that I have for you, the blessing that this conversation has been is so great. I just want to thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared, for being so open, honest, no worries, and, man. and real and inspirational because these words that people are going to hear, they're going to touch so many people's lives. They're going to help people out of a hole. They're going to get people to that next level that they may, may be thinking, oh, no, I don't know if I can do it. Hearing your words today, they'll know that there's a way forward for them. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on. And um, obviously when you share this, I hope it, like I said, man, I hope it, even if it just helps one person, then, then you know, this conversation that we've had today is, has done some good, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, that's what it's all about, spreading good vibes, spreading good energy, and um, just uh, recognizing the ones with good vibes. God bless you, bro. Thank you. Respect, bro. Take care, man.